Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. In this podcast, we take a reading from Scripture each day. We look at the background material to that passage and also application for us. Once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Welcome to the Illuminated Word. My name is Devin Morris, and today our passage comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 8, verses 23 through 27. Let's read, and then we'll talk about it a little bit. And when he got into the boat... His disciples followed him. And behold, there arose a great storm on the sea, so that the boat was being swamped by the waves, but he was asleep. And they went and woke him, saying, Save us, Lord, we are perishing. And he said to them, Why are you afraid, O you of little faith? When he rose and rebuked the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. And the men marveled, saying, What sort of man is this, that even winds and sea obey him? One of the more iconic scenes uh, in the Gospels, this uh, probably second as far as episodes um, on the Sea of Galilee is above it definitely, which is going to come later in the Gospel of Peter attempting to walk on the water. But this is the, uh, the lead up to it. We have disciples showing little faith here, Peter showing a bit more faith in that next scene where he attempts to walk, but still lacking a faith, and Jesus calling him out still on the matter. There seems to be little, if any, progression in in their belief in what Jesus can do from one scene to the next. But in Matthew chapter 8, in in our scene that we've read here, is coming just off the heels of the Sermon on the Mount, right before uh, or right after the Sermon on the Mount, you have a um, demonic cleansing, you have a general healing, you have um, Jesus marveling at the um, faith of the centurion, um, which is you know, ironic, right? And really, it's, it's I guess, two scenes, if you want to look at this that way. And it's starting in um, Matthew Chapter 10 is, is at least Jesus' reaction. Jesus marvels at the, at the centurion who has faith. In, in fact, he says, No one in Israel have I found such faith. And that's a true statement because it's going to be followed up here in our story where um, the disciples marvel at Jesus. Jesus is the one who's full of faith. The disciples don't have any faith. The centurion who you would expect to not have any faith has more faith than is anyone in Israel, uh, more faith than his own disciples. Luke is really good about having kind of this, or I guess kind of destroying the the, the false perception that uh, Jews are full of faith, the people of God are full of faith, the Gentiles are the one who are lacking. Luke comes in and really flips all that upside down. It's always the Gentile that has the faith. It's always the Gentile to whom the gospel message is going out to. Matthew's doing a similar thing here. And and you can't really just attribute this to one of the gospel writers because they're really just showing the truth of what Jesus' ministry exposed is, is that the people of Israel truly lacked faith in who uh, the Messiah was. Those who weren't, weren't so close to the action were the ones who who seemed much more willing to believe and to 
uh, to accept the things that Jesus said and did. So you have that great scene of the, of the centurion showing faith. You have Jesus healing Peter's mother-in-law. And you have uh, another teaching uh, where disciples come in to say, Jesus, we're going to follow you wherever you go. And Jesus has that iconic line of foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. And the disciples say, Lord, let me go first and bury my father. Jesus responds, follow me. Leave the dead to bury their own dead. So there's uh, a a healing, a, a true healing, where it seems that Peter's mother-in-law may be on the verge of, of death. The centurion's son, who is most possibly dead. There's There's big healings taking place followed by this teaching, followed by our scene on the sea. So all of these things the disciples have just witnessed. I mean, they went into the home of Simon, where his mother-in-law was staying and healed her. There's, There's been some really big things, big healings, big miracles being shown. Jesus coming in saying, all right, now just follow me. And so they have, a, they have kind of this chance to show discipleship, trust, and faith following Jesus as he's asked them to here on the sea. And it doesn't happen. Uh, the word, this great storm arose, it's, it's, it's like a big earthquake on the sea is, is kind of what the original language is bringing to us. It's this great storm so that the boat was being swamped by the waves. But Jesus is asleep. Jesus is, you know, you could take this several different ways. I've, I've heard different commentators talk about it. it's it's Jesus testing his disciples, you know, not not tempting, but a testing, testing his disciples to see uh, where their um, faith lies. It could just be a demonstration of, of Jesus's trust and faith in God, knowing that, hey, if, you know, if this is how it ends, this is how it ends. I'm just going to sleep in the boat until it until it calms over. Um, whatever your take on it is, it, it doesn't matter. the The point really is of of the of the disciples, their 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 reaction, what's happening to them. Jesus is definitely the main character. Jesus is always given the demonstrative pronoun. You know, he's doing this. He's over here. Jesus, or he says to them, he, Jesus is definitely the main character here. But it's about the disciples' reaction. It's about the disciples not trusting in Jesus yet. Uh, There's been plenty of opportunity here. Gentiles have even believed, but his disciples still are not believing. Jesus is able to stand up and rebuke the winds and the sea, and there was a great calm. You have definitely grand tales in extra-biblical material, you know, referring to other gods doing great things. Whenever a god stands up to address nature and it obeys them, it's a sign of his power. Uh, and so there's definitely some you know, literary tracing you can do through the gospel and say, oh, here's some parallels in non-biblical literature. And so, yes, gods are able to do that. A lot of times when you find humans attempting to do the same thing, you're going to see different incantations that have to be said. You're going to find different what we would say are spells, potions, or or whatever. They're going to have to be drawn up. They're going to be used in order to invoke power over nature. But Jesus is able to stand up, seemingly a man. I mean, he was just asleep in the boat. He de- he, he is definitely a man who has you know physical needs as as sleep, such as sleep. 
Um, but here Jesus is able to stand up and just by his words, no incantations, nothing has to be sacrificed. He doesn't have to call on a God. He speaks directly to the winds and the sea in a great calm. Just as there was not a great calm before amongst the disciples, with no faith, no trusting in Jesus, the winds and the waves, though, when spoken to by God, do as, as exactly as they are told to do. Um, the disciples here can learn from nature. That as Jesus speaks, they should trust him and obey him. And they marvel. And so in the context, we've kind of already brought up that significance. It's Jesus who marvels earlier at the centurion who, who shows faith. Here it's the disciples marveling at Jesus asking what sort of man is this that even the winds and sea obey him there's a recognition there that nothing else had to be done jesus didn't have to call on anyone else it it may have been different if jesus had said a prayer first calling on the power of yahweh to come in and intervene in their situation but he doesn't jesus doesn't have to instead he's able to simply speak directly and them obey so the disciples question what sort of man, what type of man is able to do the things that Jesus does? So it's, it's asking the question, you know, what type of God-man is this? And that's where our scene ends. And uh, there's, there's plenty of material to draw out here for a personal application, in my opinion. Just as far as faith is concerned, our understanding and acceptance of who Jesus has shown himself to be if he has power over nature, if he has power over disease and death, who is he? What type of man is he? And if he is the type of man who is God, who is who has control over these things, then uh, he rightly deserves my submission and in my own humiliation in his name. And am I willing to to submit and humble myself as I should? in his presence and, and according to his authority. Um, so maybe we just take that for the week. It, that, that's going to be my thought for the week, is in what ways have I submitted myself to him and in what ways am I still not trusting? Do I not believe that he's listening to me and can hear my cries? Uh, and I know that he's going to be there for me. So how will I then respond? Can I sleep in the boat? Or am I going to be worried about what's going to happen next? I hope you're looking for ways to love and serve your neighbor in genuine and sincere ways. Peace and love.